0: Welcome to Stop Telling and Start Listening with David Cook. If you're frustrated with the way we are speaking or not speaking to each other, if you find yourself easily at odds in your conversations with people, this may be just the show for you. Listen in as David and his guests will help you elevate your communication skills and navigate the tensions present in many conversations today. Now, here is David Cook.
1: And we're live. This is David Cook. Welcome to Stop Telling and Start Listening, your host today. Um, I'm broadcasting. This is my second Monday here in Detroit, Michigan, and I have a guest who's going to be talking to us from Phoenix, Arizona. A huge contrast in weather temperature um, it was uh, 60-something degrees in Detroit this morning when I went for my bike ride in Sharon. What was it in Arizona? This, it's 106.
2: It was a, it's 106 today, which is down from 115, so we're good.
1: <laughs> I know. I showed somebody. There's a calendar that somebody's been posting on Facebook that shows the high every day in Arizona. The whole month of July was over 110, which is insane. I am so happy to be in Detroit, um, enjoying a little bit different climate. But anyway, we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to have a great conversation about citizenship and how we got to this. You know, it's interesting. Um, Sharon and I had a conversation probably about three weeks ago when we were talking about government and politics and people and laws and rules and um we landed on citizenship because um we, you know one of the things that came out of our conversation more than anything else was you know we talk about you know democracy or public what kind of government do we have but not only what kind of government do you have but you know when we when we if we understand what type of government we have what does that mean to us and the other big con- thing that i you know this is this is my agenda in this kind con- of conversation because i hear a lot of chatter and a lot of noise um in fact i would call it um um, Below hard noise. And personally, this is the way I hear it. Sorry, I'm being so judgmental when I'm on a show that's not supposed to be judgmental. But, you know, people throw around the words freedoms and rights all the time. And and I get it. You know, in fact, you know, if you guys looked at my face, I'm a white, upper class, well schooled, uh, mature man. I'm pretty sure that I have a whole lot more freedoms and have experienced a lot more freedoms than 99% of the people in this world. And I take my freedoms for granted. There are a lot of other people who are fighting for their freedoms. And there's guys like me standing up and saying, well, you know, you got to play the game by the rules and all that other stuff. Well, you know, freedoms and rights don't have rules. They're freedoms. They're rights. However, we as citizens have responsibilities as it relates to those rights. And for me, that's my big beef is that I just think that we are heavy handed with how we, me, um, white a male America is leveraging its freedoms and its rights uh, in lieu of its their responsibilities. So, you know, Sharon, I'm just telling you up front, that's that's the tangent I could easily go on. You can steer me back because this is your show. <laughs> You're the <Yeah>. guest.
2: <laughs> no, it's a good tangent because it's very relevant, Dave. And thank you. David and I, full disclosure, have known each other a long time. We've talked about a lot of things and we found ourselves mostly in agreement with our perspective, so we had to find a topic where there would possibly be some differences in perspective and opinion. But I agree, and about freedoms, words in general. As we're talking about listening, I think the first few things for me when I start to listen to someone, which is anytime anybody speaks, I'm listening. Uh, I am a life, family and communications coach here in Scottsdale, been doing this for about 12 years and my goal is to listen to people because people often speak more, Dave, from their emotion, their fears, what's going wrong, than their joys and their excitement and their possibilities. And so when you say, you know, there's a particular portion of our society, be it white males, white females, black males, black women, people in general that have a resistance to other people espousing what their freedoms are, listening becomes valuable. And I'm happy to go in that portion of the conversation. I just want to bring out some other things that we talked about, and then we can just flow with wherever it goes. One of the things that I find difficult for many people is to understand the words that they're using. We often use words and we have a perspective of what it means. Somebody else could have a very different perspective. I give the very basic example of a mouse and a mouse. If I'm talking to a client about a mouse and they're running around the room screaming, obviously I think they're not thinking about the computer mouse. They're thinking about a mouse mouse. Mm. So it's, it's to me, more valuable for us to remove or at least define what freedom means to you so that when I'm listening to you, I'm not assuming that your freedom is my freedom, that your liberty is my liberty, that what you appreciate is what I appreciate. I need to know what your perspective is so I can listen intelligently to understand or at least have relevant questions to ask you to get more understanding before I start sharing my opinion, because that informs my opinion about how I'm speaking to you in particular versus somebody else who has a different perspective of freedom. Mm -hmm. I think from my experience in many, many people that I converse with and listen to Dave, We don't spend a lot of time doing that. (laughs) We we really don't spend a lot of time. And I have to be honest, to have this conversation about democracy and republic and citizenship and the United States and who we are, what we are, what we're becoming. I went to school this weekend. Yeah. started reading the constitution and the bill of rights and the declaration of independence and what was george washington about and who was james madison again and what did thomas jeff i mean i really wanted to now am i going to remember all i read no <laughs> so,
1: well in a in a nutshell though what did you learn what was the what was like your big takeaway or where did you start as a big takeaway
2: we right now are not too different than where we were in 1776 <laughs> there is a Perspective from the people that are in this country that is different. Some people would would prefer us to be what is defined as a republic, where the federal government has some overview. uh, I'm sorry, as a democracy, where the federal government has some overview of what we all do in this country, versus a republic where you know it's states' rights, it's sovereignty, it's individual rights, and. You know, that kind of battled around in my head because I liken it to a family. You know, in a family of four or five or even eight people, there are some general values that the leaders of the family, which hopefully are the parents, <laughs> unless it's hopefully teen it starts
1: hopefully it starts there, right?
2: It, hopefully, unless it's the teen years and then you're really not quite certain certain, but that there is some overarching guidelines, boundaries, behaviors that we at least espouse to our children about how we conduct ourselves as family A, which is very different possibly than family B. And each person in that family, to me, this is my opinion, everyone, have your own opinion, and I'd love it if you would share wherever you can share so we can have a conversation. But my opinion is we are each individual sovereigns of our own behavior, our own perspective, our own responsibility, our own accountability, our own compassions, our own everything. But we don't live in the world alone. Mm -hmm. We don't live in a family alone. Even when you're alone, you're not alone, (laughs) because you go outside and interact with other people. So there is a, uh, in my opinion, a necessity to have some healthy understanding of how we conduct ourselves as a society so i have a pause there dave
1: yeah <laughs> well my <laughs> and and you know it's it's interesting because i say you know you you've listened to the show and we've talked a little bit about it but that, that's that's the core um you know the core driver for why we're having you know this specific discussion about why i have the podcast in the first place is in order to meet people where they are for who they are you have to be able to create a space where you can sit with them to to learn and understand. It's called shut up and listen. That was really what I was going to name this podcast a long time ago, but I decided I would tailor it a little bit, you know, nicer and say stop telling, start listening, instead of shut up and listen. But yeah. but that's really it. It's kind of like okay, you know, if you if you don't understand something, or even if you believe you do, what does it hurt to confirm it? What does it hurt to learn? What does it hurt to be curious and give somebody the pulpit, give them the place to share their message? It doesn't hurt anything. What it creates is the opportunities it creates for me to get perspective. And like you said, when I, when we flip it, that when I communicate with you, now I'm communicating with you at the place that you told me where you are. right yes and i'm meeting you where you are and that's a beautiful place to start as opposed to me being on one side of the aisle and you being on the other side and pointing fingers and here's what you here's why you're wrong or here's what you don't understand or here's what you need to know it's like oh my gosh that's so confrontational and it limits all potential for learning and understanding and actually you know back to the human race thing family neighbors etc it eliminates connection just kills it because if you're arguing you're not connecting
2: Exactly. Well, you're connecting with your anger. You're not connecting with the person that this you're talking is true. about. Yeah, you are connecting.
1: <laughs> yeah, you are connecting. Uh, it's not a healthy connection. That's for exactly. sure.
2: Exactly. It's not a communicative uh, connection. And, you know, it's interesting because I uh, help people with their communication, I find myself doing what I ask people not to do. So while you were talking, I could feel myself because I have, I, like I said, I've filled my whole spirit with this topic. And I f- felt myself, okay, I want to talk about Shh, Stop, listen to what Dave said. My head huh. kept going to what I was going to say next. And I had to literally stop that voice so I could be present and listen to you. And I think that that is one of the other components of being in a society or a family as a citizen. We are accosted in my word choice for real every day by somebody else's words, perspective, opinion, judgment. And it just comes at us in social media, in your friend group and business. And, And there's not a space for us really in that being hit with all this stuff to really think about, well, who am I? Mm -hmm. And what do I really believe? I just take the labels that align with my emotion, or what I think my values are. And then I start spitting out labels. And to your point, when I don't listen, when I don't have a conversation back and forth, I'm just espousing and spouting my opinion, it almost feels like I'm a little resistant. I don't want to learn anything new because I don't have time to learn anything new. I don't have time to absorb your perspective because I might change my mind. And I can't do that because Mm -hmm. I'm in a community of people that agree with me. And it feels so good to have people agree with me because outside of that, it doesn't feel good.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting when you were talking about the 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 knowledge piece. One of the one of the premises of one of my guests early in the in the podcast series was Monica Guzman, who wrote a book called Um I Never Thought of It That Way, but she was saying her premise was is that people are afraid of expressing their opinion or being exposed to new opinions. And I'm paraphrasing. So Monica, if you hear this and I got it wrong, but They're afraid to express their opinion or hear new opinions because they're not clear on what they believe. Right. And so when they get put in that spot, it, it's, it's uncomfortable because like you said, is, is that I don't know if I, like it's like kind of like, I don't know if I agree with that, so now I'm uncomfortable or I don't know what I believe, so I don't know how to articulate it, so now I'm uncomfortable. So there's this discomfort. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I'm being, like you said, you used the word accosted. I'm being accosted, but I'm not sure that I could tell you what's right or wrong about it. All I know is, is that I'm getting inundated with stuff all the time and it's unsettling.
2: You know, Dave, that is so right on because we get talked at all day long. Teenagers, teachers telling them what to do, business, your boss telling you what to do, friends group, the alpha friend telling you what to do, and <laughs> whoever it is. And we don't have not, and this brings me back to our citizenship conversation, we have not, in my opinion, not everywhere in the United States, but in many places, especially in the box that's in front of us, whether it's a TV, the computer, the phone, created a safe space to have our opinion be heard without judgment from ourselves or other people. And as you know, that's my mission and movement in the world is no judgment, just love. To create that comfy couch, safe space when I'm in conversation with people so that they feel, oh my God, this is new. I can actually say what I think. And I kind of feeling and Sean doesn't agree with it, but I'm not getting that face or her sh- shutting me down. <laughs> She's actually listening. And yeah. no judgment, just love doesn't mean I don't judge. I judge all the ding-dang time. And sometimes it takes me a little while to get over the judgment, but that's an ideal to reach is to mm-hmm. have that intention to judge less, so that I can allow you more to be you. So, as a citizen of this country, I know that 350 million—I don't know how many people are here. I think it's somewhere around that number. Sounds like a it's good start. Hard. Pardon me.
1: It's a good start. 350 yeah. will go. With I mean,
2: that. I can't imagine more than about four or five, and that's a lot of topics that we're all going to agree on. Now yeah. we're all going to agree on them, I think. In the label, but not necessarily in the definition. We or all the
1: application.
2: Or the application. We all want to be safe. Mm-hmm. We all want to be heard. We all, all want to belong. We want to move forward, whatever that means, and be successful in our lives, whatever that means. We want to, if we have children, or even if we don't, the the people that are coming up behind us. We want to leave this a place that's better than when we got here. I would imagine. And all of those things, I think, are universal and are a place to start the conversation rather than in the anger, in the resentment, in the I'm not safe, arguing about the definition.
1: It was funny because, you know, this is the last time I'll refer. I don't know if it'll be the last, but it's going to be my intention. And it last every time I'm going to refer to Monica. But the funny thing that Monica said towards the end of the show is she said that um when you look at um the conflict with you know the whole voters rights and all that other stuff you know whether you're on the right side of it or the left side of it voter registration or voter freedom and stuff like that she says when you really look at it everybody's fighting for the same thing fair and equal election yet the message is (laughs) right that it's not fair and it's not equal and somebody's wrong because of the way they're doing it. Somebody else is wrong the way they're doing it. So we can't even agree on the outcome. All we can do is disagree on the process.
2: Well, I'm going to put a little comment in there. We all agree that we want a fair election. I used to think that I'm not sure anymore. And that's okay because I'm listening to voices and opinions that I didn't know existed in our country. Just like I heard a nurse tell me, or I heard a podcast with a nurse saying, I was under, under the incorrect assumption that as a nurse, everyone wants to be healed. No, ma'am, no, sir. Every Everyone maybe has the intention at some point to be healed, but where they are is where they are, which is maybe I don't want you bothering me and I'm not ready to heal. hmm so even when I think we all want fair and equal elections, that leads back to me with the definition or the, the function of a democracy versus a republic. Because what I understood, and please correct me if you have another opinion, is that there is a place of discussion where states have authority over the people in their state. Mm-hmm. Federal has authority over the entire country. The challenge for me is where those two things come into conflict with conflict with my sovereignty, <laughs> with the way I function. Because if I live in a state that wants to take things away or give more than I think is necessary or knock on my door and be inside my home making laws and requirements, I personally have a problem with that. However, I think there is a place for an overarching set of behaviors that we do as a society, where a federal government, ha- how to spend money to deliver to states, how to keep the whole nation safe, how to keep the nation healthy, how to do a community, bring us back to unity. States are individual and they're going to be different based on their region and their culture. But there is a philosophy in South Africa, Dave, that I have adopted, and it aligns with the no judgment, just love perspective, perspective that I live, which is Ubuntu. And Ubuntu says, I am because you are. Mm. I am a person in the world interacting with another person in the world, and that informs my behavior. And one of the uh, stories is that there was a, minis- um, a missionary in Africa who was doing an experiment, I suppose. And he had a basket of very delicious fruit. And he was talking to a group of about 12, maybe 15 young boys. And he's sitting behind, uh, next to a tree with the basket and the boys are out a little bit away from him. He says, OK, I have this delicious fruit. I'm going to put the basket here and step away. Whoever gets to the basket first gets to have the fruit. He watched the young boys, they were 12, 10, 15, somewhere in that area, age range, all grab hands, run together, get the basket of fruit, sit down in a circle and share it together. Mm. Obviously that's befuddling to the missionary. And he asked why, and they said, how can one of us be happy when one of us has nothing?
1: What was that called, Umbutu.
2: Yes, U-B-U-N-T-U. Be careful when you Google it because there's a technology company called Umbutu, and you will get that Put African something with that word, and you'll find more about it. And if we can adopt even a semblance of that in this country, we are all different. But there are moments in time where we benefit from coming together to eat the fruit, and everybody wins.
1: So um, we were talking about um, democracy and republic, and I'm going to throw in another word based on that because some people would hear um, equal sharing, socialistic. Yes. Now,
2: please do define socialistic, okay? And again, there is a charge on that word right now. Big. And has been a long time. And I get that. And I get that you can hear that socialism in that story that I shared. And therein lies the conversation. What is the value of sharing? What is not the value of sharing? Don't just shut out the conversation because the word socialism gives you a reason to put up a boundary and ignore me or not talk to me or judge me.
1: Hmm. That's good. I like that. I love the way you're talking about, um, coming to understanding on terms. I think that uh, I remember one of my uh, mentors a long time ago when I was, you know, doing coaching and presentations. And he said, it's all about the definition. And in because I would use a word to describe something like, for example, selfless listening is one of my things that I, you know, obviously bring into my training classes. Okay, so what is selfless listening? Let's have a let's have a, uh, a, a definition that people can get their head around and they understand it and you remind them of what that's the definition that's the context and how we're using this word so that they understand and in context how we're moving forward in the training program and you're really emphasizing that as so, i you know rather than get caught up in the word let's call it make sure that we get caught up in understanding the word as we're talking about it or the word the term as we're using it correct
2: exact absolutely correct because in my little class this weekend, there's a difference that I read between democracy and pure democracy. But we (laughs) we have just kind of watered it down to democracy, and it means something probably sort of similar to many people, but I would imagine if you ask people, what exactly does that mean in practice in our country? You'd get a bunch of different definitions. And what I understood it to be was when our country was founded, there were a whole lot less people here than there are now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But they had the challenge of distance and transportation. So things couldn't get to everyone's understanding quickly. And so a pure Mm -hmm. democracy is where everybody gets a vote. I don't know if we can possibly have a pure democracy because everybody's not voting, number one. And how would that even work? How would you decide? Perfect. So yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it it is interesting. I see that the, you know the the break thing came up, but let's you That's know really what I quick. I saw it too. Yes. Yeah, I know. I, think I told you. I told you it comes up, and it, it it always distracts my guests after I tell them that. So you're not alone in like there's the there's the warning sign, but. Okay. Um, yeah. So we structured this, you know, we're, yeah. And people say, yeah, we're, we're the, you know, the greatest democracy in the world and all that stuff. And it's kind of funny that you say that because technically we're not a democracy.
2: Correct. We're a democratic Republic. Yes. Remember and, the pledge of allegiance?
1: Yeah. To, to the, the republic, republic for which I stand or whatever, yes. which it stands, whatever that shows you how long it's been since I said the pledge <laughs> of allegiance. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, um, Yeah, it's like, okay, so now we'll probably have to come back and talk about this at break. But what's the, what's the, what, what is, uh, really quick, what is a democratic republic based on your Saturday studies?
2: Right, Saturday and Sunday, this was a lot lot of study. Uh, It is where we have the ability to vote for and elect representatives to go speak on our behalf. And then when we vote, supposedly, and now you're going to get into the the, uh, other thing there, uh, which the word's not coming to me right now, but we get to vote and the majority is supposed to win. So the majority of the people that vote are supposed to have the outcome that was voted upon. However, we individually don't go to DC or wherever our state capital is and tell everybody what we want. So we are democratic in that we vote we are a republic as we send representatives to represent us
1: right and we and majority doesn't absolutely rule because like the electoral college and the u.s senate
2: that's the word electoral college thank you
1: yeah change the dynamic of that because um i mean i think you you shared that with me and one of the one of the um geniuses that you were studying said um that we can't let the majority run wild so they the we structured a, in the in our republic a way that their majority has a voice and they have authority but they don't have ultimate complete authority
2: and as we come and go to break you know when you vote to me it's important to learn who you're voting for do they really represent you are you learning their ability to represent you, maybe on the campaign train that trail they sounded great, but in practice, are they really doing that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, but you know, it's funny. I wonder how many people really, like you said, that they understand the nuances of a republic as opposed to a democracy. And I know that you know, we'll and we'll come back to this after the break, the question. But you, you said knowing once you know the difference, or once you understand what we're talking about. What does that mean for us as how we behave and think and interact in our discussions or whatever our choices that we make? Correct. Correct. All right. All right. We are going to go to our break at this time. Always goes so fast. It's amazing. We set aside an hour. And it sounds like a lot, but it's like ding, ding, ding. And we're done. So anyway, we will be going to break when we come back. We're going to continue this discussion about democracy and republic. And then I've got a couple of curveball questions that I intend to throw at Sharon that she's, no, <laughs> oh has no, she's not prepared for. Well, I mean, she might be, but we'll have to see. On our, anyway, well, let's take a break now. Follow
3: Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. We are living in a time where a relentless commitment to opinions and beliefs are dividing communities and fracturing crucial relationships. Making ourselves right and those who disagree with us wrong leaves little room for engaging in a constructive learning dialogue. There is little opportunity to change minds, find common ground, or solve complex problems. Those who are not being heard or understood become angry, hurt, lost, isolated, alone, and more. While mental health-related issues are on the rise, too few know how to safely share their struggles, and far too many don't know how to care about those that do. While it is increasingly frustrating to experience an increase in this communication divide, there is hope, and according to David Cook, there is an answer. The answer lies in how we adjust our communication style and shift our listening behaviors. In his radio show, Stop Telling and Start Listening, host David Cook introduces his audiences to the power found in creating a safe place for sharing life perspectives and experiences without judgment, criticism, correction, or shame. There are tremendous opportunities in learning to see the world from the eyes of another. Join David on Mondays at 11 Pacific, Discover how shifting your listening behaviors will close the divide that exists between you and others in your community.
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Stop Telling and Start Listening. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or you can email Dave at Dave at thecookgroupllc.com. Now, back to the show with David.
1: And we're back. We had probably a better discussion in the time out during advertising than... You guys, you guys missed two minutes of good stuff. But anyway... Um, I'll just tell you quickly what Sharon and I were talking about off air because we'll we'll just pick up from there. But uh, um, we were talking a little bit about a TV show called The West Wing and a movie called um, the, Is it The American President? Yeah, or Anna? The
2: American the, President.
1: And um, I'm we we're we we shared our mutual admiration for the screenplay writer Aaron Sorkin. But the other thing that's really interesting about that show kind of like what we're talking about right here is there's a lot of people who don't like the show because it features a democratic president and he's leading from essentially from the left side of the aisle but if you sat back and just watched the west wing for what it is without getting into your political whole thing it is a great lesson in how government works or could work (laughs) right now. I, you know, judgmentally, Dave here, judgmental Dave shows up and says, right now, I don't think government is working. I think it's broken because everybody's standing on um, partisanship without partisanship without thought is really it's, that would be my judgmental statement. But the West wing is a beautiful show that just says, look at this is, this is the dynamics of government. This is the stuff that goes on all day long, at least in a healthy theoretical, um, Uh, situation in our republic and um so that's what we were talking about anyway i'm gonna just i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you comment to that
2: (laughs) well comment to that is when i'm listening to you uh, recount what we talked about it reminds me of a podcast that i heard is be careful of the single story there's a Mm -hmm. danger in the single story chimamanga njichi ngozi i think is the author of that book and the podcast And when I'm listening about West Wing, yes, there are people that won't watch it because it has the Democratic liberal perspective. There are people that watch it incessantly because they worked in government and they see the relationship between what Aaron Sorkin wrote, what the actors are delivering and their daily lives. And yes, is government broken right now? I think many people would say yes. However, I was a lobbyist for four years in New York. And whereas I know what's being shown to us is broken, and I can even equally not be caught in the single story of that and say there are some very conscientious, well serving representatives doing the work of the people that we don't see enough.
1: Mm. You know, I feel like I was respectfully admonished to thank you for that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, I love the way you phrase it cuz there was there was a you know this, this show isn't about me but I'm just going to say in that in that moment it was like hey Dave cool but be careful with a single story that's your view that your single story but are you looking at the big picture and are you giving others that you don't see or hear or experience the benefit of the doubt
2: And therein lies the crux of where I think the US fill in the blank education media Insurance, banking, citizenship, government falls a little short, is that we are a conglomerate of a variety of individual diverse people. And you can get scratchy on all of those words if you like. I don't mind. (laughs) And, And it is of value to me in my no judgment, just love practice, which is when I see a story, when I hear a perspective, my mind automatically goes, well, who's being left out of that? Who are the people that are uh, not being seen and heard, which is a value that I think we all share. You know, when I hear stories about, ooh, this person was at the bottom and they pulled up their bootstraps and they overcame all these things and they're successful. Hallelujah for them. What about the young boy in the third grade who went from a C to a C plus? Does he not deserve to be celebrated as well?
1: hmm Because progress is progress. It's relative.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. It is, it is it is pretty interesting. I love that. You know, the, again, back to what this, the thing you just said. Was, and I want to let's spend a little time on that. Is um you know, going back to context and mm-hmm and and i like that conversation about context is because you know there's 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 there are bigger stories there are more stories than just the story you see mm-hmm. and i just i think that that's so beautiful because you know we we talk about making you know i do this a lot with consulting and with my clients you know the same as, oh this is what we need to do cool let's talk about what that looks like and what the possibilities are going to happen you know how's it going to affect x how's it going to affect y how are we going to, you know, is that good? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Or is it going to get in the way of our overall mission? How do we address that then? And to sit there and say, yeah, well, they're always going to be unhappy or they're always going to be people who um, don't like it. or like, What you're doing is you're like allowing yourself to be dismissive of people that are impacted by the decision or the behavior. Yeah. And we have an obligation to include those people's Um, experiences or potential experiences as we make these decisions because they are going to be impacted, so we need to pay attention to it.
2: And that informs another component of being a citizen here, which I, in this country, and we're talking about the United States, not global citizen, just a U.S. citizen, is to stay curious, to be adventurous in your interaction with people. (laughs) You know, we want to go fishing and hiking and all of that. That's wonderful and great. But how about that same exploratory behavior with people so that when I, you walk past me and somehow we sort of kind of bumped into each other, how about, oh, excuse me, how are you? Or maybe look and see if there's a conversation that can ensue for just a half a second. Or how about I know what I know and I know that I don't know everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So when I am discerning in a business what our movement is going to be, what our uh, next project is going to be, learn. Mm -hmm. Learn outside of what you know. I wish that our, this is me going to be in a little box. I wish that our education would be a little less regurgitate what I told you to learn. And here's how you think deeply. You're inquisitive. You have a love of learning for the sake of learning, not to learn to test, but just I wanna know something new and different like I did this weekend.
1: Right, <laughs> yeah, because education you know, right now, um, using that box, education is performance-based. We yes. perform, we we perform to the script and the script, the teacher has the script and we have to memorize the script the teacher gave us and we have to perform to it. Where does critical thinking come into that?
2: Uh, only if you have someone helping you as a young person understand what critical thinking is, or you have a natural tendency to wonder—not wander, but wonder—I <laughs> do. A and maybe long. wander as well, but um, but it doesn't.
1: Okay? I wonder. Because I wonder best when I'm wandering.
2: Exactly, <laughs> because it's the undercurrent of too many things that get us off of human interaction is the dollar and that is how at least i understand as a teacher i had to make sure the test scores were up otherwise our school wasn't getting the funding that it should get it wasn't getting the a plus or whatever rating it was which is yes absolutely a component you have to be able to be able to regurgitate something that you learned that's a skill that's a learning but you also like you said deep inquisitive (laughs) thoughtful thinking about things that you didn't show me. When I look at that television or my phone, I know that there is a whole world outside of that little small piece that I see. That they're not showing me. When the mm-hmm. camera backs up, there's a whole other world there.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a big reason why I don't watch. I don't watch uh, television news of, of any form ever. I haven't done it in probably fifteen years. And the reason that I don't is because I don't want somebody to try to tell me how I feel about something or how I'm thinking about something. Um, And people say, well, where do you get your information? I says, "I'll, I'll read, you know, two or three different newspapers. And usually, you know, I trust my ability to discern, but in the doing, it's it's research, right? I'm reading three or four different papers. Every, every person who's reporting the news has a different way of reporting it because they have a different vocabulary and a different style. You know, you could put in quotes that they have an agenda. I don't believe in that crap, but um, whatever it is. And what happens if I read three or four articles about the same thing, then I discern in that article what it is I believe. Well, you know, what is it? I believe I know, what is it I believe that's you know true or valid? And that's where I go. And but at the same time, like you said, I don't stop there. I allow myself to say this is this is the starting point of my knowledge and information. I'm going to move from here with one part of my mouth open to answer the question if asked, but both ears open to hear what else I can learn about it.
2: I love that. And I did that for a while before I became a coach. I wanted to just remove myself from all everybody else's opinion so I could find my own. Because I knew internally this was the job for me. This was my passion. This is my life's work. But I wanted to be able to take in other people's perspectives and opinions and thoughts and meld them with mine, not replace mine with theirs. Hmm. And so as you talk about citizenship again, uh I'm gonna say it was GW, George Washington, but I learned a lot of these fathers. So <laughs>
1: please well, we'll, give it to, me. we'll give it to George and we'll take it back later if we
2: okay. Have to. <laughs> um that there was a concern, a strong concern about a two-party system. Because in a this or that a binary choice, you leave out 340 million people, seriously. And when I hear well, what do you think? Is it this or that? I think, well, I, I, can I, I hear your question and I would like to answer it like this. And then you move to where you want to have the middle or the outside or the boundaries so that we all get a feeling that we can be heard fully that like you said about children being able, people being able to think past the question about, is that the question that I want to answer? Do I wanna answer it that way? Or at all,
1: mm-hmm. or or like even it one step further back to context is what's behind the question. There you go. You you're framing a question that you want me to answer. So you framed it for a reason. So tell me why you framed it the way you did, and what it is that you're looking for. And then I probably might you know depending on how that you know the explanation goes, I might come up with an entirely different answer or response because now I understand um you know the question in a different set of, in a different context or having it reframed
2: exactly you know? and, and then i show
1: I... up then you show up and you go door number three is that like, door number two or door number one it's, no no and based on what you just told me we're doing door number three that's not an option i don't care yes. it's got to be an option
2: <laughs> and then you don't get invited invited back on that program that's <laughs> they <have a> program
1: <laughs> that's Right. these are the rules dave you have two choices i don't like either one what do i do
2: See you later. Bye. (laughs) And then, you know, there was this funny meme that I posted the other day. It's like everybody might remember when you were little liar, liar, pants on fire. And somebody said, well, if that was really true and I would have much more fun watching the news, (laughs) liar, liar, pants on fire, everybody's pants would be on fire. But, you know, my point is, is that. Democratic Republic. Republican, Democrat, you know, that just puts us in a bind to have to agree with a perspective that you may have chunks of it that you do, you may have none of it that you do, and then you're on the outside of the system. Mm -hmm. And our system, I think, often in many, again, fill in the blank, banking, insurance, all of that, government, forgets we are a country of people of people that have feelings, that have fears, that have concerns, that want to be heard, that have a perspective that's valuable. Those 432, how many people are there in, in the government in uh, Washington, D.C.? Can I possibly know what all the rest of us think? And mm-hmm. if we don't give the space for people to want to be involved in our governance which means have a safe place to live, have enough food on your table, have money to be able to have a lifestyle that you can enjoy. And then I can rise up and think about what the heck is going on with everybody else. But when we're in that position of not having our basic needs addressed, it's difficult to become an engaged citizen because it's as again, here comes Mr. Sorkin, America is advanced citizenship. It's not just sit back in your rocking chair and once a year go vote for some president. It's learning who these people are. It's learning the down ballot. It's learning what's important to you in your town, in your school board, in your city. It's work.
1: It is work. And it's not as simple as um, back to the two, two choices. It's not a partisanship activity. It's a learning activity. You know, people, you know, if we've, we, we all know people who say I've never voted for anybody on the other side of the ticket. I always vote straight X or straight Y. And it's like, really? <laughs> Why? Well, because the other people are and they just summer it up that the other people are whatever it is. And that allows me to, to dismiss them. So my choice is whoever's on the one side of the ticket. And like you said, that's. Um, that limits the opportunities for us to hold our leaders responsible and it limits our ability to feel like we're truly participating in the process.
2: Yes. And, you know, when I'm, I agree with you on that and it, it just, just diminishes the ability for us to rise up as a full on whatever we want to call ourselves. Cause I feel like we're in our teen years. We're trying to figure it out who we are. Every hundred years, there's this battle of us and them, or I have this perspective or that state's federal, whatever the two are. And when we can start to realize we're more than just those two, we are in the middle, we're on the top, bottom, outside edges, and we all deserve to be part of the conversation. And while you were talking, I I think a lot in analogies, they just pop up (laughs) too into my head. So if I'm, and I have been a Republican, an independent, a Democrat, a libertarian. I have been all of those throughout my life because I agree, disagree, learned, new each time I chose. And it's like, okay, I'm going to the market and I'm buying broccoli. I'm not going to look at green beans and I'm not going to look at spinach. Doesn't matter where the broccoli is rancid. It's yellow. It's been sitting there. I only eat Broccoli. And to me, if you're just doing only one because you have a perspective, you're going to get the good, the bad, and the ugly that you might deem the good, mm-hmm. the bad, and the ugly. Just because you're not open to seeing someone else that has a different label that you abhor may have a perspective that you adore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was like. I don't remember um, what activity it was, but it was – and it was at least a year ago. maybe even been two years ago. But I took this survey um, on your perception of the other party and your – you know, that kind of thing. It was like, you know – so you declare for, for me – I think at the time I'll just fess up, but I don't really – but I declared one. And then I said – so they, what they do is they say, based on what you believe and who you say you are, how do you believe this other group yeah. is when it comes – and it turned out that I couldn't have been I was I was probably way off. <laughs> there was some there was some mathematical metric that he used was like, you know, 10 to 20 percent means, yeah, you're pretty much in, you know, pretty have pretty much understand the other group um, to 50 percent or whatever it was. Say you're pretty much making a lot of assumptions that are wrong is, a, is wow. the way I heard it. And i'm going oh my gosh here i'm telling a story about the other side you know the other side that's cute but about the other side that actually is misinformed Hmm. yes as much as i just told you i read i read a lot i have a lot i do a lot of studying yet i drew conclusions that were misinformed based on the label
2: exactly exactly
1: and it was a wake, kind of a wake-up call from me. I don't know if I could find that test again and retake it and hope I do better. But it was just like, oh, my gosh, Dave, you have really strong opinions. But sadly, they're misinformed strong opinions. Like, oh, my gosh, I just failed the test.
2: <laughs> well, I'm not positive about Monica Guzman, but I think she might be, and please, Miss Guzman, correct me if I'm wrong, associated with Braver Angels. She is. And Braver Angels is where that qua- quantitative quiz is to identify self-identify are you a red or a blue because their goal in braver angels with taking a cue from abraham lincoln with your lincoln your better angels having a conversation on hot topics identifying yourself as red or blue so you can learn how we're coming back to dave listen to the other side
1: yep it's what it's all about right yes so, when we talk about citizenship, if you were the, because um, we did talk about citizenship, we never really got into the heavy, heavy discussion about Democrat or Republican. But if um, if you, well, not if, because I'm putting you on the spot, so it's, and there's no if, You, I'm going to give you, uh, give us a call to action as citizens. What is the call to action that we as citizens have a responsibility to engage in?
2: The airlines got it correct put your own oxygen mask on first, take care of yourself, do what you can to release your stress, take care of your family, take care of the people you love. And then once you have put that into some perspective, not have it all solved, but at least have awareness where you need to spend some attention, take a moment of time to look outside Yourself, Whether you want to watch television, whether you want to read about it, whether you want to talk about it, become informed about the country you live in, what it was, what it currently is, and you come up with what you would like it to become. And then be willing to share that with people.
1: But the the challenge with being informed is without... um... I don't know if the prejudice isn't the right word, but we have to be careful with our filters. In fact, if anything, we need to remove our filter, get rid of the filters, so that when we say I'm gonna be informed, I'm allowing all information to come to me.
2: Absolutely, and even if you can't, at the time that you're learning, that you have a resistance to that. Which we do. Which we do, we all do, I do. Um, when you engage with people, do your best, to dissipate that resistance so you can learn, like Dave did, am I informed for real or am I not? And what is this person's misinformed? <laughs>
1: I'm really good at being misinformed, son of a bitch.
2: <laughs> and just just know that we are all in community. Whatever that means to you, I've shared what it means to me. It may mean something different to you, and that's appropriate because we are a large, diverse wonderful. I love what we can become. I'm not so happy with where we are, but I recognize in chaos comes answers, newness. So I'm at peace.
1: Excellent. All right. So we have three minutes before we have to quit. And I didn't do the one thing I'm supposed to do in every show. So Sharon, you have like two minutes to do a, to tell us a little bit about yourself and oh. how we can, <laughs> and how we can find you. Okay. What are you what, what are you up to and how can we find you?
2: Uh, I'm up to right now, believe it or not, doing a um workshop called speak up. <laughs> and, it's and,
1: and and the second half of the show is shut up. And so we're doing a two-part. All right, keep going. Sorry.
2: Okay, no worries. And so if you would go to uh, where will you find me? Um at gmail.com. Right now I'm in the middle of updating all my websites. So just S H S-H, that's
1: S-H-A-R-O-N at, or A Z S H A R O N. Let me do it,
2: let me do it, let me do it. Go ahead. Okay, Sharon S-H-A-R-O-N-R-E-A-A-Z at gmail.com. Send me a note.
1: There we go. Yeah. And she, you do have a good, and the, and the nice thing is that the whole um, no judgment, just love, which was the core of, you know, you've been doing that for like 12 years or so, right?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: And um, obviously this is, that's at the foundation of this. So you're just taking, you're simply taking your whole um, coaching and training practice to another level above and Absolutely. beyond the no judgment. So that's awesome. And if
2: you want to learn about no judgment, it's www.njj L dot world
1: oh excellent cool Shiran, thank, this, thank you this, wow. goes, this goes so much so fast but anyway it was awesome I appreciate it I'm glad that uh, we had a chance to do this on the show and have this conversation
2: me we, too this was awesome we glad will to be, be back in conversation with you
1: we will do another one I'm sure we'll have, we'll have to carry this conversation forward as far as next- next week uh, we have a very interesting conversation next week I have invited a very good friend of mine actually somebody that my wife knew in high school that tells you how old they are but um uh his name is Corky Vanderplug and Corky and I are going to have a conversation about listening and law enforcement Corky spent uh, a long time in the New Jersey State Police and and stuff so Corky's going to join us next week and we're going to talk about some things really interesting so anyway Open your heart, open your ears, open your mind, because once you start listening, everything changes. You guys have a great week. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Stop Telling and Start Listening. We hope you've picked up on some useful ideas to help you enhance your conversational skills. Until we listen again, have a beautiful week.